said, we're kicking off a brand new series called Experiencing God. And uh, there was a Bible study probably about 20 years ago um, called Experiencing God. And I took it and I had no idea uh, what I was walking into as far as this Bible study. But this was one of those Bible studies that just kind of hangs with you. It just kind of sticks with you. And over 20 years, you know, I am still practicing some of the principles that I was taught uh, in that class. And maybe some of you have taken that class before to, to hit the, the cover of the, of the study. How many of you have taken a small group called Experiencing God? All right, just a few of you. And, um, and it's a timeless study. And I thought, you know, why don't I take some of the principles from this study? And uh, it's such a game changer for my life. And I want it to be a game changer for you. And, and I want to challenge you uh, in the next few weeks, you know, to hang with us. Actually, the next eight weeks. And this is an eight-week series. And we're going to be exploring, discovering, and knowing how to do God's will for our lives. And this is going to be an incredible experience, I believe, for all of us. And I'm hoping to challenge you, to stretch you in different ways. Have you ever asked the question, have you ever asked, God, what is your will for my life? How many of you have prayed that prayer? Say, God, what is, what is your will for my life? I know I've prayed and I've asked God that same very question. And I wish I could tell you that when I prayed, that the skies opened up and a loud, booming voice, you know, you know spoke very audibly and very clear to me that this God this is God, <laughs> you know? And then he said, hey, you're going to be a pastor one day. And, and then one day you're going you're gonna to cross paths to a beautiful young lady. And her name is Karen. You've got to marry that woman and hold on to her. Hold on to her tight. All right? And then, and then God, you're going to have two rugrats named Nathan and Karen. That's going to be their name. Just go ahead and name it. And, and, and then one day I'm going to call you to move from Florida, you know, sunny, warm, toe in the sand, Florida, and I'm going to make you move to Michigan to start a church, and that's how it's going to roll. And you know what? If God had done that, that would have made it so much easier, you know, but he didn't do it that way. That's not how it works. So in this series, I want to teach you how God works. And how you can discover the will of God for your life. What's ultimately going to be the best life for you to live. And no matter how old you are. Whether you're thinking, God, I'm retired and I'm just kind of floating into the sunset here. You know, or whether you're young and you've got your whole life ahead of you. All of us here are going to benefit from this message. Whether you've got the big decision that needs to be made. You know, hey, God, I'm trying to find, you know, your will, you know, in the area of my career, uh, relationship, you know, maybe where I'm supposed to move to, where I'm supposed to live, you know, or maybe it's something very small and say, God, am I supposed to have a conversation with that coworker who's struggling, you know, going through some difficult times? And God, maybe I'm supposed to take that person out to, out to lunch, you know, when the restaurant opens up in a couple of weeks. Can I hear an amen? All right. Right. So I'm going to take that person out. Maybe, maybe, maybe it's something very small, minute. But we're going to talk about the plan of God, discovering what God wants you to do with your life. 
I want to look at a key verse for today. And it's John chapter 15, verse 5. In fact, this is a memory verse. All right? we're, we're not talking to LP kids elementary here. I'm talking to adults. We're going to memorize. All right? This is a verse to download in your mind and to actually memorize it to you know, put it down on a piece of paper, a three-by-five card, make it a screenshot on your phone, um, or whatever makes sense. But this is the verse I want you to focus on this week. Memorize John chapter 15 and verse Number five, Jesus says, I am the vine, and you are the branches. If you remain in me, and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, though, you can do nothing. Jesus says here, I am the vine, and you are the branches. He said, when you're connected to me, you're connected to God's will. You're connected to the power of God. You're connected to the presence of God. But just like a branch is separated from the vine, it becomes dead, it becomes useless. When you're separated from Jesus, it's impossible for you to know God's will for your life on a daily basis. It's impossible for you to know what God wants you to do. You can't experience God's presence. You can't experience the power of God. You can do nothing. And see, Jesus says, if you want to know God's will for your life, Jesus said, it, it, it starts with me. I'm the key to having a relationship with me. It begins with me. And so with that being said, Today is a foundational message. It's just a foundational message to this whole series. Now, we're going to talk about it at the end, but there are seven realities of knowing and discovering and doing the will of God. And each week, we're going to tackle one of those realities. But this is foundational. We're just going to be scratching the surface today, okay? I'm going to just kind of get the overview. And some of the stuff that we're going to talk about today We'll actually spend a whole message on that one point. But I'm going to really kind of scratch the surface this morning and get a, establish, a, establish a foundation uh, for you to know what you got to do to knowing and doing the will of God for your life. These are prerequisites, so to speak. All right? Prerequisites. So foundational, foundational truth number one. If you're taking notes, man, I've got these handout notes. Man, I encourage you to take those notes. Do you realize that by Wednesday, I'm talking about this Wednesday, you'll forget about 85% of the stuff I talk about. That's true. We forget. But if you write it down, keep note, you might have a better chance of remembering some of the key things that we're talking about. And this is one of those sermon series, man, if I'm taking notes, I want to keep this. I want to keep this in my Bible, in my journal. I want to hold on to these uh, every week, uh, these series of notes. And so we're going to look at foundational truth number one, and that is you have to pursue a relationship instead of a religion. If you want to know the will of God for your life and doing God's will, you have to pursue a relationship and not a religion. Maybe you've never heard this before, but Christianity is not about a religion. It's about a relationship with a person. It's a real, personal, 
relationship with Jesus Christ. It's about connecting with God. In the New Testament, a young man, he approaches Jesus and he asks him probably the, the most important question in the world. I mean, he asked the best question you could ask. I mean, he got the Son of God, Jesus, standing in front of him, and he comes out with the best question, and he asks Jesus, Jesus, what is the most important commandment? He said, man, I just want to cut to the chase. You know, I got the old, I, we got all the Old Testament, but man, God, you know, Jesus, if you can just tell me the one thing, what is the greatest commandment? What is the most important commandment? And Jesus answered the question in verse 22, chapter 22 of Matthew, verse number 37. Jesus replied, he said, this is the most important thing. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. Jesus said that above everything else, this is what God wants from you. He wants you to love him above anyone or anything else. God wants you to love him. You see, there's a big difference between religion and relationship. I've, I've said in the past that God hates religion. He hates religion because it's not what he's all about. See, religion is all about the do's and the, and the, and the don'ts, the thou's and the thou shalt not, and all these rules so that you could come closer to God. And if you do enough rules, if you do enough good things and, and not enough bad things, and the good outweighs the bad, then, and then you can have a, a walk with God. You can get close to God. That's religion, my friend. But relationship is where God said, listen, I did everything for you. I want you just to simply love me. I love you. I want you to return that love back. Religion is about what you have to do in order to earn God's love. But a relationship is about what Jesus has already done on the cross for you to prove to you that God, he already loves you. A religion is about you trying to, to draw close to God. You know, we work, work, work. Here's God way up there from some distant, far-off God. And we're trying to do everything we can to get to him. A relationship is where God said, man, I became man. And I came down from heaven to earth. I came to where you're at. I'm not asking you to come to where I'm at because you'll never get there. That's what religion is. You see, religion, religion has its limits. Religion can only take you so far. And the, and, the, and the honest truth is, religion will never get you there. But a relationship with God, where God says, you know what? <laughs> In all that you try to do, you're still going to fall short. And I'm still going to come down to you anyway. That's a relationship. Hosea chapter 6, verse number 6. Through the prophet Hosea, God said, I want you to show love. Not offer sacrifices. In other words, I want a real relationship with you. I don't want you to go through the religious motions, the religious exercises. That's not what I want. 
I want you to love me. He said, I want you to show love, verse number six, not offer sacrifices. I want you to know me more than I want burnt offerings. I, I want a relationship, a real relationship. And it's through this relationship that you have that Jesus is going to reveal his will for you. And so the burning question this morning is this. Do you have a relationship with Jesus Christ? Do you have him? Do you know him as your Lord and Savior? The Bible says all we simply have to do is recognize that in all my failings, and all that I try to do, I still fall short in my sin. I still fall short of the perfection of God. There's nothing I can do to try to get to God because I'm going to fall short every time, every time. And I recognize that I'm a sinner and I'm going to fall short, but I also recognize that Jesus, he came down for me, died on the cross for me, was buried and rose again on the third day, and I can have life, new life, when I ask him to come into my life, to be my Lord and Savior, to forgive me of all my sins, plus nothing, minus nothing. There's nothing I'm going to do, nothing that I can't do. It's everything that built, everything that based on what Jesus did for all of us. That's how we get a relationship with him. That's it. This is God that sounds easy. It was so hard for the Savior. It may sound easy to you, but Jesus willingly laid down his life. He willingly did it for you. And all of hell was against him. All of humanity was against him. He laid down his life on a cross so that you and I can have life. And we can have forgiveness of sin simply by crying out to God, crying out to him. That's the first foundational truth. And knowing God's will and doing God's will, you've got to pursue a relationship, not a religion. Here's the second foundational truth, so important. Got to ask God the right question. Got to ask God the right question. Now, for some of us, you know, you've had a, a challenging, difficult time on trying to figure out the, the will of God in your life. You, for some, of us, some of us were like, man, it's a mystery. You know, it, it, it's like this maze. And, and it's hard for me to figure it out. That the will of God is, is the game that I have to play. But the truth is that God, he wants you to know his will. He wants you to know it. The Bible says in James chapter 1 verse 5, if any of you lack wisdom, he said you should ask God. Oftentimes we don't ask God. We ask, we ask all the other, everybody else all around us. Uh, we oftentimes maybe go to God as a last resort. Now, we're going to spend some time on this, okay, later on in, in, in another series, in, a, I'm sorry, in another message in this series. But we need to ask God. He said, who gives, the Bible said, who gives generously to all without finding fault, without making you feel guilty. There's no bad question to ask God. You know, there's no stupid question. 
You know, you ever get, man, that was a dumb question. You know, man, that was, that was terrible. You know, no stupid bad question to ask God. There's no guilt. I mean, God wants to just ask. And, and, and he said, and it will be given to you. And one of the reasons that we miss God's will is that we're asking the wrong question. Let me tell you the wrong question if you're taking notes. The wrong question that we ask is, God, what is your will for my life? That's the wrong question. And I know, some of you are like, "Uh (laughs) uh-oh. That's the prayer I always ask. That's the question I always ask, God. What do you mean? That's the wrong question. I've always asked that question. You see, when you ask the question, God, what is the will, what is your will for my life by default? Who's the center of that question? You are. God, what is your plan for me? God, what 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 is my plan for my career? What is my plan for my relationships. God, where should I, where should I live? It, it, it's about me. And here's what you and I need to understand. Is that you are not the center of the universe. And, and you will never be. God is. God is at the center. God's plan. God's will it's much, much bigger than just your plans. His dreams are bigger than your dreams. In fact, my biggest dream is so small compared to the dream that God has for you. It's pitiful, the dream that I think I have, all oh, my big dreams. God, God got bigger plans and bigger dreams. In fact, God is, part of God's plan is saving the world. That's a pretty big plan. He has eternal plans. His plans aren't just about you and me, and that's why we need to learn to ask the right question. The right question. The wrong question, God, what is your will for my life? Here's the right question. God, what is your will? God, what? is your will. That's the right question. Not what's my will, not God, what's your will for my life? God, what is your will? Period. Period. God, what is your bigger plan for what you're doing in the world? How can I be a part of that? Because that's what I want to be. I want to be a part of your big plans and not my plans. And the focus, it needs to be on God and his plans. Not my plan, not my life. And so I watch and I see what God is working. I see what God is doing. And then I give up my plans. I go and join God where he is. I mean, think about the prayers you see uh, in the Bible. Think about Matthew chapter 9, the Lord's Prayer. You know, thy kingdom come. 
your will be done. Not my will. Your will. Think about the prayer that Jesus prayed right before they were, were, were to be crucified in the Garden of Gethsemane. He said, God, <laughs> you know, if, if I had it any other way, I, I let the cup of sin pass in a different way. But it's not my will. God, not my will to be done. But Father, I want your will to be done. See, Jesus is teaching us how to ask the right question. How to ask the right question. God has the dream. God has the plan. What he needs you to do is to ask the right question and to put him in the center. And then you join him in what he's already doing. Isaiah 55, verse 8 and 9. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. And my thoughts than your thoughts. My primary concern shouldn't be, God, what is your will for my life? It should be, God, what's your will? So I've got to learn to ask the right question. I'm going to help you that, do that in this series. I'm going to teach you that some more. Here's the third foundational truth, if you're taking notes. Recognize where God is at work around me. Got to recognize where God is at work all around me. John chapter 5, again, Jesus is talking, and it says in verse 17, My Father is always at his work to this very day, and I too am working. This means that every day of your life, that God, every moment of your life, that God is at work around you. Never takes the time off. He never takes a break. He never takes a water break. He is always at work. He's communicating to you. He's talking to you. He's at work all around you all the time. And then Jesus said in verse number 19, he said, very truly I tell you, the son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees his father doing. See, Jesus never got ahead of God. I mean, the son of God, perfect, perfect man, never got ahead of God. He said he can only do what he sees his father doing because whatever the father does, the son also does. For the father loves the son and he shows him all he does. See, I love this. Jesus said, I don't do anything where I don't see God Working, But when I see God working, I jump in immediately. Both feet in. I jump in. If you want to know God's plan for your life, you got to pay attention to what God is doing all around you right now. You see, we, we look at God's will. We want the timeline. God, I want to know where I'm going to be one year, five years, ten years down the road. But that's not how God works, my friend. He works one day at a time. One day at a time. He's at work around you. God's at work around you at your work. God's at work around you in your home. 
know, some of you parents in 2020, you say, man, it was tough, you know, my plan got changed. But have you ever thought, you know what? God changed the plan so I could be at work where he's working in my own home with my own kids. And I pray that you didn't waste 2020 and miss out on what God is working right in front of us. Have you ever thought about that? God's at, hey, listen, God's at work at church. And one of the things I, you know, one of the things with my staff, and, and by the way, this is true for all of us, we can become so overly focused, right? We can be, and, and listen, focus is good. We should have some focus. But we become so overly focused that we miss what God is doing all around us. We got tunnel vision. God, God is doing something on the left and on the right, behind, and sometimes even in front of you, and you're missing it. Because you're so focused. You're so focused. And one of the things I teach my staff, you know, from time to time, you know, and I'll tap me and I say, listen, you know, because on Sunday morning, it's game time. You know, you got, you got, you got a staff running the kids. A staff running the, uh, we got a staff member running the auditorium host. We got, we got Tom and in the, in the, in the, in the tech team. I mean, well, no, focus. All right? And I said, sometimes if you're not careful, you're overly focused and you miss out on what God wants to do on that morning. And so one of the things I teach my staff, maybe this will help you. I teach them on Sunday morning, walk slowly. They say, that, that's kind of silly. Walk slowly. What am I trying to do? Because what's your focus? Got to get from point A to point B. Things got to happen. Church going to start at 9 o'clock, 10.30 or noon, you know. And so we get moving. And the Red Sea happens, you know. Anyone in the way, it doesn't matter, you know. We're just breaking through. Meanwhile, we're missing opportunities and ministries. So you've got to walk slowly. I know you've got to get from point A to point B. But sometimes God may put something in your path for you to, for you to stop and minister in that moment. This morning, I, I see Pastor Tom it was, uh, before the first service. I see him down the hallway. I need to talk to Pastor Tom. I got about 15 minutes before church starts. And I, you know, got my, I got my focus. Whew, I got to go. I got to talk to Tom. And I'm, I'm here in this lobby. Tom is all the way down by the South Hall. So I'm focused. I'm still walking. I remember, okay, I got to walk slowly. <laughs> Halfway to Tom, I got stopped. And I actually had a, a, a God moment. Or someone that really need that really need to talk to me. Now I could have been so focused and said, "Hey, can I talk to you later? I got to keep going." But could perhaps God was at work in that moment? And so I talked to that person. We did a you know minister in, in that in that short time of you know in that few minutes that I had. Now look up, time's gone. All right, so I walked down there, South Hall. And I turn around, I see Tom. Now Tom is now back in the lobby. All right, focus, you know, Tom. But hey, I walk slowly. 
Because you never know what God is doing in the moment. I don't want to be so busy, so overly focused that I miss out on the opportunity to be where God's at. I'm not talking about God's will for my life tomorrow, what God has for me tomorrow. I'm focusing on what God wants me to do today. You might be driving home, and you see a need. You say, oh, man, but if I get home, I'm going to miss the, the kickoff of the football game. I don't think you're going to miss the kickoff today. I think that's at, uh, what, 3 o'clock? Okay, so you got time. But, you know, you say, oh, man, I've got to be somewhere. But, man, there's a need. And then what we do, we see, we, we see it. And you know the Holy Spirit begins to say, man, you should stop. And, and then we kind of deflect. We're good at deflecting. And say, yeah, you know, but... I'm sure she called somebody by now. I'm sure someone else is helping. And someone else will stop. But you have a moment. God gave you that moment. In fact, that was your moment to serve God right where he was at. We've got to recognize where God is. We've got to recognize where he's at. Here's the final step. Knowing God's will, we've got to adjust my life to his will. Got to adjust my life to his will. When God reveals his will to you, when he invites you to join him, it always requires change. In fact, you cannot stay where you are as a child of God. And, and, and not grow with God. You cannot stay where you're at and not grow with God. You have to constantly adjust and change to God. You've got to leave where you are. You've got to adjust your life to him. You're going to have to allow God to, con- to constantly shape you and to mold you. Or you're going to miss out on his best plan for your life. I, I love the image that's in the Old Testament prophet Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 54, verse 8. He said, Yet you, yet you, Lord, you're our Father. And then he said, We are the clay, and you are the potter. We are all the work of your hand. Now, don't miss this. Isaiah said that God is the potter. And I've got in my hand some clay. And you and I, we're the clay. I want to be moldable. In fact, if you, if you want to live out the will of God for your life, you have to be willing to be moldable, to be reshaped, constantly being reshaped, and moldable, adjusting to the will of God. You must, let, you must let God form you. He knows what he's doing. He has a plan. You must be the clay in the hands of the Father. Now think about it. Does the clay 
You know, does he ever talk to the potter? And he said, hey, Mr. Potter. Wonderful life movie, right? <laughs> hey, Mr. Potter. You know, I know exactly what I want to be. I know exactly what I am. I want you to do what I want. And he said, no, the clay never talks. He said, that's crazy talk. The potter, he knows best. He knows what he wants to take the clay. He knows where he wants to shape it. He decides the purpose that the clay is going to become. And then after the clay is, is, is formed, maybe it's formed into a, like a little picture. You know, and after the clay is formed into a picture, the clay doesn't look at the potter and say, Hey, Mr. Potter, guess what? I'm a clock. Potter said, no, you're not a clock. You're a picture. No, no, I, I am what I am. I am what I want to be. I said, no, I made you to be a picture, or I made you uh, to be a bowl. I know exactly how I make you. I know exactly how I'm forming you. I know exactly where I'm at and how foolish that many of us, this is how we roll. We say, God, this is what I want. God, this is what I want to be. God, I want to be in charge. Here's my purpose. Here's what I want you to create me to be. Here's my plan. And God says, no, I am the creator. And I want to mold you. I want to make you into the best you than you could ever think of. All I need you to do is submit to surrender to my plans. My plans are much bigger than your plans. Trust me. I, I knew all about you when I was forming you in the womb of your mother. I knew of your plans. I knew of your purpose. I knew everything about you. I just need you to trust me. I know what I'm doing. He's molding us. My question for you today, are you moldable? Or are we so rigid with our schedule? Or are we so rigid with our focus that when God is calling, and says, oh man, God, I can't be flexible. I, I'm, I'm focused. I've got somewhere to go. I've got somewhere to be. It's, I don't want to be moldable. Now, here's, here's, here's what I'm going to challenge you to do. The next eight weeks, I'm going to challenge you to be here every Sunday or to watch it online, one way or the other. Because here's what I'm going to do. I want to stretch your faith. I want to stretch you. I want, I want to challenge you to be moldable, we're going to talk about all these things that we talk about. But I'm going to, I want to challenge you. So every week, I want you to be here. I want you to listen. I want you to take notes so that you don't forget by Wednesday. I want you to be here. You see, God has an incredible purpose and plan for your life. And the only thing standing in the way of God's plan for your life is your plan. It's your plan. Your plan gets in the way. It's when we say, all right, God, 
I surrender my plans. And I want to be moldable. I want to adjust my life to your big plans and what you want to do. And here's what we're going to do in the next few weeks. I'm going to challenge you. If you look in the back of your handout notes, you see it here, or even your connection cards. It's kind of your commitment, my experiencing God commitment. I challenge you this week to memorize John chapter 15, verse 5. Committed to, committed to memory. Great verse. Commit to memorize. Number two, I want you to commit to knowing and doing God's will this year. Commit. This is where you say, God, I want to know your will. God, I want to know. Commit. Then I'm going to challenge you to read your daily devotion. We've got these daily devotional books in the lobby. Actually, we've got one per family right there. If we have leftovers, then I, you know, I'll let you know in a couple of weeks and let you guys get seconds so that way the husband can have his own copy and the wife can have her own copy and there's no uh, you know, discourse in the home over the devotional book. That's not cool, okay? <laughs> so uh, we have these available in the lobby. We want you to grab one today. And I, it doesn't matter where you start. You can start January 1st if you want to kind of bookmark it. Today January 24th. And um, if you want to start January 24th today, um, it doesn't matter. We just want you to get in the world. You're not going to know God's plan. You're not going to hear the voice of God if you're not walking with God every day. If you're just coming to church for your experience God moment, you're only getting one hour a week, one day a week. You need more than that. And so I'm going to challenge you to grab this, easy to read, and I'm going to challenge you in your walk every day. So grab one of these. And then uh, watch Facebook live video starting tomorrow, um, Monday to Friday, for the next eight weeks or seven weeks. And uh, you'll hear from different staff. And if, if they're not there for the live part, it'll be on replay, and you can watch anytime, okay? And so just get on Facebook Live and be a part of that every day uh, and, and, and see how God might be speaking through those that are teaching the Word of God, okay? So work with us on that. We want to put everything we can, all the tools and resources to help you not just experience God on Sunday, but all throughout the week. We want to take your walk to a whole nother level. And then I want you to attend or watch Experiencing God series every Sunday for the next seven Sundays. Be a part of it. Like I said earlier, there are seven realities that we'll look at. There's a graphic right here, the graphic on your handout note. And each week we'll look at these things. Uh, we're going to talk about how God is at work next Sunday. We kind of scratched the surface of it today. And really expound on that today. Uh, in a couple of weeks, we're going to talk about deepening my relationship with God. You know, as you learn to know God better, you're going to be able to recognize his voice. You're going to know what he wants you to do. You'll hear the voice of the shepherd. And we as sheep will listen to the right shepherd and follow him. The third reality it's the invitation, you know, accepting God's invitation. Here's where you're going to learn how you can know when God is asking you to do something. It's okay, God is, this is 
you know, if God is putting this on my radar, I need to be, you know, I need to be flexible, and focused, and moldable. Number four, we've got to listen when God speaks. I talk about the different ways that God communicates to us so that you can recognize his voice. And then we're going to come to a, a, a hinge, a tipping point. And, uh, and that tipping point, week number five, we're going to talk about the crisis of belief. You hear God telling you to do something, but then you're like, can I do it? And, and sometimes we have that crisis of belief. We call this that faith step. We talked about that a little bit last Sunday, you know, with the priest about to step into the Jordan River. They had a crisis of belief. We're going to talk about that in week number five. Week number six, we're going to talk about adjustment. We're going to really spend more time on that and adjusting to the plans of God. You have to make some adjustment in your life. And then we'll wrap it up with obey and experience. We're talking about how you follow God as you experience his will and that when you do, you're going to get to know him in deeper and deeper ways. I think it's safe to say and from everybody in this room, I think that every one of us would say, you know, Scott, I do want to know him better. I really do want to get to know God better. And I pray in the next seven weeks, we'll do exactly that. And so today's foundational truth, pursue a relationship with God, not religion. Pursue a relationship with God. If you're here today, and that's where you're at. You don't know God. I want you, before you leave today, come talk to us. Me, one of our pastors, one of our staff. They're walking slowly today. And so what's that? Y'all too busy. Nah, we're not too busy for the most important thing and for the most important question. And so talk to us before you leave. In fact, we have a prayer team. You can ask one of our prayer team members here in a few minutes. You can ask them and talk to them about what that means to have a relationship with God, a relationship with him. Then ask the right question. Start asking God the right question. God, what's your will? God, what's your will? Not my will, but yours be done. Recognize where God's working around me. Get your God radar on. All right, this is where the Holy Spirit kind of kicks in. God, show me where you're working and help me then to be moldable, adjustable to do what you want me to do today. Our Heavenly Father, we love you. We thank you for the blessings that we have to spend time with you in the word of God. And God, I pray for all of us here that we will make some commitments today to take our walk with you at a whole nother level that we can go deeper in our walk with you and that we can be attentive to what you're calling us to do so that we can be a part of your activities. We want to be a part of what you're doing in our life right now. And so God, I pray you help us today. Help us to make these commitments. I pray that we'll be here in the week to come, whether in person or online. I pray that we will do everything we can to grow and walk with you. But thank you for your word. In Jesus' name, amen.